Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God says you need to learn generosity rather than greed. The reason 95% of the Christians in the United States don't tithe is they're just simply this. They're greedy. They do not trust God. And that's a miserable thing to say to a world, isn't it? How shameful. So see, there is a priority to our needs. And so don't try to double guess or second guess God. He always does what is right. Were you aware that studies have consistently shown that only 5% of Christians regularly tithe? The Bible says that God loves and blesses a cheerful giver. Do you give? If and when you do, do you give generously and without regret? Are you aware that when God tells you to give, that he's not just talking about money? Pastor Mark will be teaching today about God's principles of giving. They might pinch you a little bit, but it's important to understand that when you give, you're only giving back to God what he first gave you. Grasping the idea that everything you have comes from God will help you view all your life in a different way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Learning to Trust God, Our Provider. That's exactly what God wants. He wants all of you. He's not interested in half of you. Now, when I get in, I did something different. After I get in, I put my wallet out here. And I said, is there something wrong with this picture? Well, let me ask you, 15 years later, is there something wrong with this picture? I'm in the offering bag. He's got all of me. What doesn't he have? His money. You can't give all of yourself and don't realize that's his money. You put your talent out there, whatever else, your time. Well, God, I'll give you my money and I'll give you all of me, but you're not having my time. I got to have my own time. That doesn't work. Now, here's what we discover in the world. Lots of people want to do this. Here's the offering bag. Put one foot in and one foot out. You'll never serve God that way. You remember what Jesus said? You can't serve God in mammon or money. He can't do it. It won't work. So you're either all in or you're not in. And if you're not giving generously because you want to, then you're giving wrong. Let me just say this kindly to you and then I'll move on. You won't hear this in a lot of churches, but it's important you hear it. Number one, and I don't mean this in an angry way, God doesn't need your money. Let me say this. We don't need your money. Because this isn't my church. This is God's church. So you'll never hear me bombarding you to give. You'll never hear me pressuring you to give. 
But I would be doing a disservice to God if you don't understand the principles of giving. Because the only one that suffers is you. And I will be held accountable. We have lots of pastors now that won't ever teach on giving. Well, the people are going to say you're after my money and all that stuff. I'm not after your money. This church isn't after your money. God isn't after your money. We don't care about your money. But I do care about you. If you don't understand the principle of giving, and it's not just in giving. If you don't understand the principle, you will be caged. You will be absolutely a prisoner of the world system. So understand. Let me show you how little the United States world system understands giving. Ties. 10% off the top. Do you know what the figure hasn't changed for so many? You know what the, basically the figure of Christians in the United States who tithe, you know what percentage it is? It's always under 5%. I have no idea what it is in this church. That means in the United States, basically 95% of Christians do not tithe. Now, who suffers? They do, and what? The kingdom of God suffers. Look at all we could do. By the way, remember over the last 18 months, we built a building for the kids. Four and a half million dollar building. We needed a million and a half. Did we bombard you for it? Did we pressure you for it? Did we twist your arm for it? Did we come to your home and ask you to sign a paper for it? No, we asked you to pray and give. And in April, we moved in debt free because you responded to God. Hallelujah! You say, Pastor Mark, you're doing that to motivate people. No, I'm doing that to praise God. I'm not interested in motivating you. You have to be giving from the heart. If you can't give cheerfully, let me just tell you a little secret. If you can't serve cheerfully to God, don't serve. He's not interested. Can you imagine having a first impression person out parking cars? Because they feel they have to. I'm going to be judged, Pastor Mark. Pull in here. Pull right here. Pull right here. Pull right here. Whoa. I wouldn't have anybody to talk to. God isn't interested in that. And you know you wouldn't want to be there. Guest relations? That's another term totally unto itself. Now let me ask you a question. What's the best way to be generous with our time? What's the best way to be generous with our time? So let me ask you this morning. We'll seal a moment. We'll just take time. Seal it simply means this. Stop and think about it. I won't take long, but I want you to focus right there. Are you a generous giver? It's not to answer to anybody else, not to turn to anybody else. It's Pastor Mark, I'm only a teenager. You know, I make tips. Are you a generous giver? Pastor Mark, I'm retired. Are you a generous, willing Joyful giver of your time, of your talents, of your money, of your abilities. If you never get the principle, this is where you live. A prisoner of stuff and of selfishness for life. That is not the way God designed birds. And that is not the way he's designed you. And me. Now go back to Philippians 4.19. I want to show you something very quickly. People do take this out of context. 
So let me explain it to you. Philippians 4.19, right back to where you were. And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Notice it does not say he will meet all of our wants. He'll meet all of our needs. What are our needs? Spiritual, emotional, material needs. He promises to meet those needs. Now, who is this promise to? Look at verse 19 again. Paul says, and my God. This is the big one. Let me just explain to you very quickly. This promise is not for unbelievers. This is for God's kids. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not a believer. That's not fair. No, God gives generally to all of us. Believers, unbelievers. He provides things. He provided the world for all of us. But his children, when they operate by his rules, get special blessings. It doesn't make us any better because we're just obeying him. So, If you're here this morning and not a Christian, you're not a follower of Christ, this may be all new to you. Let me just share with you what your biggest need is. Your biggest need is forgiveness of your sins. You see, you were born a sinner, so was I. My sins separate me from a holy God. That's why Jesus, you can see his name right here, God sent Jesus, God so loved the world, he gave. He sent Jesus To provide for my greatest need. Once my sins are forgiven, once you do that, you become a child of God. You don't earn it. You ask forgiveness for your sins and accept him. It's a gift. It's free. Then you get all the benefits of God. He comes and lives in with you. And then these promises fit you. So understand, this promise is only for Christians. Christ followers, believers. Now, I want to give you three or four other keys. So write this first one down. God knows our needs. Matthew 6, 8. God, your Father, knows what you need before you ask Him. I mean, God's all-knowing. So He's aware of all of our needs. I want you to understand what I'm going to say to you right now. As you sit here and thousands of people, God knows your need. You might have a need you've never shared with. God knows your need. He knows exactly what's on your heart. There isn't anything hidden from God. He knows your need. We have a very personal God. He's all-knowing. You might be married and even your spouse has no clue. You're a student. You have a need and you've never even shared it with mom and dad. He knows. Second thing you want to write is this. God wants to meet our needs. What kind of God would we have when we have needs and he wouldn't want to meet the need? No, he wants to meet the need generously. Psalm 84.11 says, The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. From the beginning of time, God showed that he wanted to meet the needs of mankind. Remember, God by nature is a generous God. Now, this next one you want to write down, and I'm going to explain it to you. It will answer many of your questions about God. Here it is. Write it down. God knows the priority of our needs. God knows the priority of our needs. Let me give you a little paradox. It doesn't make make sense. What's verse 19 say? What's Paul saying in verse 19? God will meet all my needs. But I want you to look up, same chapter, you're right there in your Bible. Look back to verse 12. Remember, Paul says God's going to meet all your needs. Well, look what he says here. 
I know what it is to be in need, Paul said. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Now, in verse 19, Paul promises that God will meet all of our needs. But here in verse 12, he admits he lived at times with needs that were not met. How does that work? Paul says, God will meet all your needs. And Paul says this, I'm in need, but God didn't meet it. Well, Pastor Mark, what kind of a promise is that? Notice what I just read to you. Paul said this, while I was in need, I learned the secret of being content. So from God's perspective, what need did Paul really have? The need to be content regardless of circumstances or stuff. Spiritual needs always trump physical needs. You got it? So Paul's real need was what? To learn to be content regardless. And after he learned that, then God provided through the Philippians his physical need. You got it? You got it? So sometimes the need that God said he will promise and promise to give us, we don't get at our timing. Why? Because there's a priority. Only God knows what we need most. In your life this morning, as I already said, all of us have needs. Maybe that need hasn't been met yet. And you're going, well, Pastor Mark, thanks for the promise, but it doesn't work. No, it does work. Maybe this morning... God says your greatest need first is an attitude change. Or maybe God says, before I provide that to you, and I will, you have to learn some patience. Or maybe maybe this morning God looks in your heart and he sees you're very prideful. I don't believe that verse. God gives us the ability to get wealth. I got my own wealth. I don't care what the Bible says. Well, God says to you, like, uh, before I'm going to answer another need, there's going to be a little humility check here. Because you need that more. Remember, spirituality always trumps physical. Next. This is the one that always hits me. I believe quite often I do step out in faith. But God says, really? You're going to live on your past stuff? How about a little greater faith, Balmer? I'm going to test you to see if you'll really trust me. So sometimes the need that I'm looking for doesn't get answered because he's trying to teach me. To have greater faith. And some of you this morning, you're never going to get your need answered until you take care of the sin problem in your life. See, God's interested way more in our spiritual outcome than he is our physical outcome. So if he points a sin out this morning to you, you take care of it. Then that need that you've been praying for is free to come next. And last, this is really for all of us. I wish I could speak to all the Christians in America. The 95% give them this last one. God says you need to learn generosity rather than greed. The reason 95% of the Christians in the United States don't tithe is they're just simply this. They're greedy. They do not trust God. And that's a miserable thing to say to a world, isn't it? How shameful. So see, there is a priority to our needs. And so don't try to double guess or second guess God. He always does what is right. Let me read you. Just write this down in your notes. James 1, 2 to 3. Let me read you what James says. 
Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete and mature and needing nothing. You see, often God allows the needs in our lives to drive us to him. So we'll finally stop and ask for his help. He will meet that need, but in his timing. And as James says, while our endurance is growing... Our trust in God is growing. The cage is open a little bit, and I'm flying out a little bit, and then back, and I'm flying out a little more, and then back. God says, you have to have those times. You have to learn to trust me, and the only way I can do that is not giving you all you need. My God, my cup isn't totally filled. Fly out a little. That's what he's saying to many of you this morning, who never leave the confines of self-dependence. So this brings point number four up. In the end, you want to believe that God can meet your needs. He knows them. He wants to meet them. He'll meet them with his priority. But you got to believe the promise says he will. Mark eleven twenty four says this. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have it now. Believe that you received it and it will be yours. See, there are unlimited resources, nothing impossible for God. And he will give us our needs. Now, I told you this morning, he won't necessarily, obviously, give us our wants. But let me show you how generous God is. Psalm 37, 4 said this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But people get that reversed. You can't have the desires of your heart until you delight yourself in the Lord. You put God first, then he gives us that. Now, would you turn to Matthew chapter 6 and go down to verse 25. Matthew six twenty-five, And let me show you how to get out of the cage of self-dependence, of providing for ourselves, and not focusing on God. Verse 25. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translations. Listen. Jesus is speaking. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Now look at verse 26. Look at these four words. Look at the birds. This is your homework assignment for this week. I'm very serious. When you're in the backyard, when you're at the beach, when you're traveling, and you have a time, a few moments, I want you to stop and look at the birds. You know, when Jesus taught this, I teach this often on the Mount of Beatitudes. He didn't have a cage. He didn't have a PowerPoint. He didn't have a mic. He just said to the thousands of people that are sitting around him, uh, look at the birds. What would they have done? Over the Sea of Galilee. It was a normal thing. And then he says this. Look what he says. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. The heavenly father means any. Now, don't take that like, oh, Pastor Mark, I don't have to work. God's just going to take care of me. That's not what he says at all. Remember, the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. 
So don't be foolish. What he's talking about is a priority of our heart. See, if I'm focused on life only, the only thing I'm focused on the cares of this world, I'm caged forever. Then he says this. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Yes, because they don't have a soul. They, when they die, they die. When we die, we live in one of two places. So I'm going to ask you this morning. Remember, we're all birds. Are we caged? Are we focused on the things of life? Possessions, money, clothes? Or can we come out of the cage? Can we come out of the cage? And be free to simply follow God. That's what all of us want. Let me remind you. You only get to do life once. There are no do-overs. Do you really want to look at the end of your life and look back and say, I spent it all here filling my seed cups? Or do you want to come out and accomplish what God wants for you? See, Paul was doing that in prison. He was free. God was providing his needs. He was accomplishing the will of God. Now I want you to look down at one more verse. Actually two. Look at verse 32 and 33. Look what Jesus says. This is the secret. This is how to follow God. And like Paul, have contagious, outrageous joy. Verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers or carnal Christians. I add that. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. He already knows. So what should I do? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. Live like God designed. And he promise will give you everything you need. That's the life I want. I'm not there yet. But I want to live dependent on him. I end with Luke 6.38 in the Message Bible. Look what it says. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. I've learned this principle a long time ago. Giving equals living. And living Equals giving. Let's get out of that restricted cage of self and begin the adventure of a lifetime, a journey of simply trusting God with every part of our life. Today, let's be free to follow God and enjoy a life of generosity, trusting His way, His timing, and His generosity. Today, Pastor Mark taught that God knows what you need better than you do. While you may think you need to get rid of that junky car, God is trying to teach you what you really need, perseverance, through the experiences you're having with that car. You've got to learn to trust God. He really knows what you need. and Ask Him to change your attitude. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this brings the series Contagious Outrageous Joy to an end. We hope it has enriched your walk with Jesus. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a brand new series in the Word of God that we know will surely encourage and bless your life. Make sure to join us again. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.